Welcome to Apple at Work, the podcast all about Apple and the enterprise. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. This week, I have first-time guests on the show, Alex Lowe from Hostify. Alex, welcome to Apple at Work. Hi, hi, buddy. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, good, good. Great to have you here. Um, you know, Hostify has been a company that I've uh, known about for many, many years. I know you work for them. Um, two things as we get started. Give us a little bit about your background and then tell our listeners who Hostify is. Okay. Um, so my name's Alex. Um, I've, I've worked in the WISP industry for a long time. So my first job back in 2015, um, I worked for one of the largest WISPs in the UK. Um, and for people who are not sure what that is, it's basically just a ISP, but using wireless equipment. And we used a lot of Ubiquiti equipment, so we'll get onto that in a minute. But um, yeah, so I, I was there for a good six or seven years, I think. Uh, and then I started at Hostify Last, well, about a year and a half ago now. Time goes very quickly nowadays. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've started at Hostify um, May 2022, um, and I do all their content, essentially. So I sort of went straight from doing technical support and managing, well, sort of looking after a, a knock, essentially, um, to doing um, content for Hostify. So I do YouTube videos, uh, the, the sort of the support guides and the blogs and things. So explaining all the... Yeah, technology within Unify, which is quite, it's good fun. So, yeah, Hostify, I, I think, really came on the when it came on the market, really solved a, a major problem for Ubiquity customers, and it came at like a to me a perfect time for the the Ubiquity model. Um, you know, so what does what problem does Hostify solve for uh, Ubiquity users? So, with with uh, Ubiquity, you've got two options really. You've got Unify OS consoles, which they might work okay for a home environment. I mean, I've got one in my house. Um, they do work well in a one-time situation with a handful of devices. But once you start in the MSP industry and sort of getting into bigger deployments, there's only really so much those devices can do because uh, they are essentially little computers that are running the Unify OS um, network applications. So what Hostify does is we'll, we'll host a Unify network application in the cloud for you. So we use Vulture as our backend. So we'll do all that management for us. And the dev team we've got um, uh, sort of spend all their time looking into how a Unify network w- runs and making sure that the application runs better than, like runs really, really well. So um, essentially, if you've got a massive deployment, you're an M- MSP with a lot of customers, a lot of clients, or you've got a lot of little points and uh, little customers have got just a few access points and things it makes sense really because it reduces the amount of costs that you're going to have to purchase cloud keys and things so and it just runs a lot more stable because the cloud keys um if you've got power power issues they'll essentially corrupt themselves so yeah hostify really has found its niche in in scalable um unified network application hosting so it's it's a good it's a good place to be in this episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, and enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Uh, you know, 
10 years ago, if you would have said like, hey, you know, what do you, where do you think of ubiquity? Is it is it ready for the enterprise? I probably would have you know, somewhat hesitated and, and struggled to answer that. Um, always been great products at a great cost. I mean, I think it, it, for those listening to the show, I wrote an article many years ago that you know, there's an alternate universe where Apple builds ubiquity, ubiquity internally because the, the founder and CEO of ubiquity came from Apple and worked on their Wi-Fi team. And I, it's very Apple-like in its appearance um, and a lot of its simplicity as well. But what's changed a lot over the years in the Wi-Fi industry is more of the things that used to say happen in software on on the device, uh, or that would be more custom things that the minute, that the vendor would do, are now just coming in the chip. Um, so you know, there's only a handful of Wi-Fi chip manufacturers out there, and then a lot of the, your kind of core functionality is just baked into the firmware, like it's just it happens automatically. And so there's become in my opinion, less of a difference between the most high-end enterprise and then the, the product lines from Ubiquity. And even TP-Link, uh, their Amada line, also really, really good, really, really cost-effective. I, I'm not going to say cheap because they're not cheap. Um, but when you look at – and again, I know there are you know certainly reasons to deploy a Cisco – an extreme, a ruckus over ubiquity. There are plenty of reasons to do that, but I think over the years those reasons have gotten fewer and far between. Would that would that be your take as well? Kind of kind of coming from this industry uh, in your background. Yeah. So as a um, the Wisp used to work for, their first thing they used back in probably the early 2010s was ubiquity stuff. Um, they used their Max line, and throughout the time I was there, sort of there was a running theme that. Yes, Ubiquity works quite well, but there are better alternatives and like maybe more scalable alternatives. I was I never really understood that, but um, yeah, essentially, basically at the time, 10 years ago, it would be 2013, 2014 now, um, Unify was just getting started um, and it was very much um, not as feature-rich as it is now. It, it's definitely come a long way. There have been slowdown points. Um, there's been a lot of features which people have been clamoring for recently that just haven't made their way to Unify. Excuse me, sorry. Um, and, so, and certainly something like PPSK, which has only just come to Unify, has been around for a very long time. It's been part of the Wi-Fi standard for quite a, lot, a long time. Um, so I think I think very recently, I think something's changed within Ubiquity internally. Um, and there's, a, there's been a lot of things that have just happened recently that should have happened a long time ago if that makes sense um so yeah it's it's in terms of the enterprise wi-fi space it's definitely becoming less of a well less of a joke to use ubiquity i think because that's always been if you talk to someone serious about enterprise wi-fi they think oh why using why using ubiquity um but that 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 notion has changed very recently as well so it's it's good to see yeah it well and two i think the there was a time period when uh, you kind of alluded to this. I would say that Ubiquity's product line was less stable in terms of like firmware upgrades. Like you really, you really, I, I'm never a kind of a proponent of like turning on auto update on really anything just because I, I kind of want to be in control when, when firmware updates happen. Um, but like you certainly, I would have, you know, 2015, 2016, I would have said, um, you, you before you do something, you need to be read the forums and like see is there any issues, what's going on, and that now 
I think there was a lot less hesitation around that. Like uh, some of the ubiquity networks I manage, it's like, you know, it generally works pretty well. I mean, and again, like this is a, you know, 10 AP, 10 camera, um, two switches, you know, and, and kind of powered by um, the, uh, uh, dream machine and, and like you said that it there's there's pluses and minuses to like the the basic cloud consoles and versus using something like hostify but like overall like ubiquity has made really just a lot of um headway and reliability but also keeping that cost pretty low and again i mean when you're looking at um like again i think i was looking on amazon last night like ubiquity's um, wi-fi 6e access point you know if you look at that I'm going to look it up on Amazon, Wi-Fi 6E Unify. It's not that much more expensive than something you're going to see from like an Eero, like a very pro, you know, very consumer, but also kind of more on the, maybe on the sophisticated, it's so easy to use. But again, that has, has just come way down. And, and, and you know, if you're looking, if you look at Amazon, like these are, you know, really, really good access points you're getting for generally under two hundred dollars. The the sixty one's a little bit more, but the, you know, again, looking at like Nano HD one seventy eight free delivery tomorrow. And and the beauty here is there's no licensing costs from Ubiquity, and I, and I think that's one of the big things that people are like realizing. They're like, you know, again, I I love say extreme or I think Cisco Meraki does a really nice job. Like there are like there are like annual licensing costs um, in with these. And obviously, there are things you get for that in terms of support, et cetera, et cetera. But depending on your use case, like that just might mean you don't get the deal or it might mean you like you can't upgrade as often. There's just like you kind of have to ask yourself, like, what am I what am I paying for? How often do I use it? So like if you do have one of the beating manufacturers and you're looking at like a new deployment, you're thinking, OK, like, you know, we don't have like that complex of a needs. Like, how often do I call support? Like, is that is that worth what I'm paying for? Well, with Ubiquity, it's like I've always said, like, just have backups of everything you use and if like, something goes bad like just replace it nine times out of ten that's going to fix the problem i mean again you because you like even their switches are generally low cost enough where it's like just have a you know which i don't think is a bad model anyways just in case like you're you know it's one thing to like need support but like if you've got a you know a like power issue and you got a switch that's dead or you've got a uh a firewall that's dead or you've got a couple ap's that are dead it's like you just kind of want to replace those and get those back up and working and again it's it's really cost effective with ubiquity do to do that um and it really you know here recently apple um had their scary fast october event and you know found we saw that um Wi-Fi 6E has come to the iMac. It's it's really come across Apple's product line. Um, on even on the newest iPhones, you've got the the newest iPads that have Wi-Fi 6E. Really, the only uh, place you don't see 6E on Apple's products lines is the MacBook Air. Um, so, would you say that like now is the time for IT admins to be considering 6E, or do you think that it's still Wi-Fi 6 is good enough? So yeah, the the benefit of Wi-Fi 6 back in I think it was on the iPhone in 2019 first with the 11 Pro. It was very much, um, it was hyped a lot of the time and it was the benefits of Wi-Fi 6 um, were to do with sort of the um, large deployments and sort of dense environments. Um, the benefit of Wi-Fi 6E is obviously you get 6 gigahertz um, and in re- over, over the last like 10, 10 years, the 5 gigahertz space has become very crowded it's it's used for a lot of other stuff. It's a lot of um, there's certain speaker systems which use it as well. So it's become very much a quite a big mess. And I know in certain countries you get less spectrum as well. I know in the US you get 
quite a bit less spectrum than we do in the UK as well. You get DFS channels and stuff, but six gigahertz is huge in comparison. It's like double the space, double the spectrum size of of two point four and five. So yeah, I think I think I wouldn't go out and necessarily replace a perfectly fine working system. But if you're um, looking to upgrade your enterprise Wi-Fi um, in office or big company and that sort of thing, yeah, definitely go for it if you can because uh, that will sort of future-proof your investment. Um, because look how, as you mentioned, look how quickly consumer products have come in the last... Well, we had the iPhone 15 in September and then the, the Macs were last week or whatever they were. So very quickly, in the space of a few months, you've got a massive amount of new devices which are going to support it and it will as I said, future-proof your deployment. Um, there is some weird behaviours with it. I think you have to have a 5 gig- a five gigahertz network running at the same time as a 6 gigahertz network for the phone, for the device to see it. I'm not entirely sure how that works yet. I haven't had a chance to play with uh, Wi-Fi 6E just yet. Um, but it does seem pretty good, and you get some massive channel widths as well. You get 160 megahertz channel, channel width supported as well. So um, massive amount of potential in it, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my take as well. Like, I... I do think Wi-Fi 6E is probably the biggest upgrade to Wi-Fi in my lifetime. Mm. Um, I mean, we've had this weird dance with like 2.4 and 5 gigahertz where like, you know, Wi-Fi 5 was 5 gigahertz only. Gosh, that's still weird to me to like go move away from like the, um, for the older versions like the AX and AC. I know, but I like, prefer the acronyms, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, 6E and beyond, I'll just go with the acronyms, but like the old ones, like it's, it's my brain, can't wrap my head around it. But like, you know, Wi-Fi... Um, Wi-Fi five, um, you know, it was really five gigahertz only, yep. and that sounded good in principle. But the reality is, is two point four gigahertz still has tons of utility. It's better on battery life. It goes through walls better. Um, it's just really better supported. Five gigahertz obviously is better. Has way more non-overlapping channels. I mean, two point four gigahertz is really limited. You know, with just three. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, from like if you're looking at these, like you know. Um, small devices like I've got, for example, I've got like a uh, very, very small Bitcoin miner sitting on my desk. It's called a Nerf miner. It runs off Wi-Fi. Uh, you, you don't like you, you being in Wi-Fi. Like this is a device you know for a fact is 2.4 gigahertz only. Like that, there's no because it's this miner was like 50 bucks. You know for a fact that thing doesn't have five gigahertz. Zero chance. <laughs> and that's just like that's been reality. So um, Wi-Fi six brought back 2.4 gigahertz and like I, again like it's generally been fine like it is it's been generally been fine um, but it, so 6e which I've you know really been talking about with people since like 2020 I remember one of the first episodes of Apple at Work back in 2020 we t- was talking to somebody about 6e and it is like this new new highway like the best way I can explain it's like imagine they put up a new interstate that only electric vehicles could drive on. That's essentially what you've got. Like, it's, yeah, it's great. Like, if you've got one of the devices, like, that's great. It's much better. Um, but again, like, it is certainly more, you know, costly to deploy today. But those costs are going to come down year over year. So mm-hmm. um, so if you're, like, say, a, a school today and you're planning, well, we're going to deploy MacBook Airs um, the latest and the latest iPad. You know, assume, let's, say, let's assume they release another one in the spring. Let's say Wi-Fi 6 is across the iPad line. And you're thinking, hey, our network is four years old. We're thinking about upgrading. Should I upgrade to 6E? If you're deploying devices that support 6E, probably. Um, if you know, if your network is like, I don't know, like a couple years old or it's really running fine, it's two years old, maybe you upgrade part of your network. And I think mm-hmm. that's the beauty here is like you can upgrade like – 
just parts of your network, maybe where it makes sense. And then over time, augment the rest of it. Um, you know, that's kind of the beauty of like, say ubiquity's, you know, lineup is you can just like plug and play devices and replace them uh, very easily. So that would be my advice is kind of like dictate your, look at your devices. And if you're going to take advantage of it, that's, that's, you know, it's really, it seems like a good time. Um, now, so we're probably if if I mentioned we were talking about six E and in twenty twenty and like really just now to the place where it's almost across Apple's product line, like essentially a little over three years later. Mm-hmm. Now we're hearing about Wi Fi seven. And I like just got an email last week. I use uh Eero products in my house. They work great. I have like six six E access points. I have my home is made of brick. So like it, just crazy how what much a Wi Fi signal oh, yeah. is attenuated by that. It's mm-hmm. like it kinda kinda blows my mind. Um but so Got an email like Wi-Fi seven access points or you know routers now available. Um, how many? I mean, do you think we're still like three to four years away before we're seeing seven across any sort of consumer device? Well, I find that hilarious because the officially from the Wi-Fi Alliance, the Wi-Fi well eighty two eleven BE as it's called Wi-Fi seven hasn't actually been finally finished yet. The standard hasn't been signed off, and I remember when uh, uh, AC was finalized in 2013 i remember there was stuff coming out at the time that hadn't been that that was available but it hadn't been signed off and then if you weren't careful the devices you bought before the standard was signed off were hindered and they were sort of hindered in some way um because they hadn't got all of the the features that was signed off that makes sense so i I would hold off from purchasing anything wi-fi 7 that's that's out into the wi-fi alliance the the ieee signed that standard off yet um i'm not entirely sure why they're making stuff just yet but um in terms of the the standard it's it won't be signed off until next year now um so early 2024 but it, it i read up the spec yesterday it looks it looks mega like there's some interesting stuff on it because there's something called multi-link operation and that'll essentially allow um different frequencies to be used for rx and tx so your received data could go down so if you if, say imagine if you had a very crowded noisy environment uh, and five gigahertz was uh, let's think how we'd explain that. Um, let's imagine, yeah, let's imagine you're next to the access point and there's a lot of fog against interference. And just to just for the way that clients work, obviously um, client devices have got very small antennas compared to the AP. So you could essentially use a 6 gigahertz for the transmit because the phone would see it better and then the receive could go on, on 5 or 2. So um, that's that's taking some leafs out of like wireless carrier backhaul stuff, that is. Um He's sort of using different frequencies and different bands to do receive and transmit. Uh, that's that should be pretty interesting. And then we're going to have a massive jump um, from a maximum of one thousand twenty-four quamps. That's the modulation rate, all the way up to nearly five thousand, which is just just insane. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of lot of stuff coming. But yeah, I definitely would hold off getting anything that says it supports Wi-Fi seven because I would just be a little bit skeptical just yet. Uh, it's just one of those where like yeah. history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And as you mentioned, we saw the same thing with AC. Um, mm-hmm. There's all these like pre-standard devices, and we certainly saw this on on you know on the enterprise side too, where these manufacturers are releasing you know kind of spec uh, products that are going to be quote unquote upgradable to the final spec. And again, mm-hmm. it generally worked generally worked fine on on AC, but I think to me. You know, let's say this fall or it is this fall, let's say in the spring, the standard's not finished, but you're doing a deployment, you've got some extra budget, your manufacturer's released a, a Wi-Fi 7 access point, and would it be fine if you brought it out? Like, 
probably quote unquote. But like again, I think with anything like this where we've been I've been hearing about six E and its benefits since again 2020, 2019. Like this thing was being talked about many years ago. Mm-hmm. It was just now that the iPhone on the the highest end iPhone has six E support. So like you're kinda that's a good kind of like timeline for you to think about where if we're starting to hear about Wi Fi seven today, it's probably gonna be 2026 before you see this across Apple's product line. That's just my guess. Like I I could come out in a year and a half and do it. But generally I've seen Apple kind of roll with these things a little slower. Yeah. And, and, and let the, the, the products mature a little bit. Let, you know, cause again, you figure these are chips that are involved too. So like they get better over time, they get more power efficient, which on Apple's mindset is is obviously a big thing. Uh, But no, the, the specs for Wi-Fi seven are, Incredible. Of course, like anything with Wi-Fi, it like it all depends. Will you actually see it? I mean, there are features of, you know, there were things about like Wave Two Eleven AC that like you just never they were in the spec, but you just never saw it in in real life mm. applications. Definitely. Um. So, kind of as we uh, wrap up the show again, we've talked a lot about ubiquity. Great, great um, uh, Wi-Fi uh, switching. Um, and, and even their 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 firewall, I think, is a really fantastic product. Now, again, not for every use case. What's your take on um, Ubiquity's kind of like next generation stuff? Like they're moving into access control, uh, and some of their other product lines are getting into. What is what is your take on this? So they've got a lot of stuff. Um, they've got a lot of stuff that have been coming out with. So Unified Talk is one of the most interesting things to me. Um, they sort of, I'm not sure if but you might remember, but uh, they they tried VoIP ages ago. So they tried VoIP uh, probably 2014, and they sort of abandoned it because it didn't quite work. Um, certainly with things they're working on, like Unified Talk, they seem to be putting more effort into it. Um, I've noticed that in the last year, I think, um, that things they're working on, they're definitely committing to them. They're not just sort of leaving it and abandoning it. And I think the removal of the EA store sort of helped that because they'll they would publicly try stuff essentially and people get disappointed so they're removing some of that um but uh, yeah i think i think there's certain people which think oh ubiquity should sit, stick to networking and just leave it what they sort of know what they're doing whereas well as long as it as long as it works fine and it and it sells they've got that unified brand name haven't they so um why not why not run with it and if they can produce something that's going to work quite well it's hot stuff to them to be honest um yeah the unified talk stuff looks really interesting so it's supposed to be coming out in the uk actually this week um so we're recording on the 6th of november so yeah apparently this week it's supposed to be coming out um to the uk which would be quite interesting to look at but yeah um unify access is really cool i haven't had a chance to play with it i've watched quite a few videos about it um unfortunately i haven't got anywhere to test that <laughs> um but yeah it's certainly in making access building access control really easy to get into is quite good and obviously they've got unified connect as well sort of display management and those large touch screens they've got um i'd imagine that's quite useful in restaurants where you've got those live updated menu boards behind the cashiers and stuff um and then they're moving into um sort of they've got ev chargers which is part of their uid platform that's that's really really good as well so there's a lot of stuff they're working on and then they've just come out well they had a product called the solar point like a solar controller um which they left with no firmware updates for three years um nothing no one heard anything the product was out of stock and then just literally like a few weeks ago they brought out a new update for it and everyone's going mental so um it's they operate in some weird weird ways but um in terms of i think as i said i think in the last year something's changed in the company 
and they seem to be more committed to stuff, which is which is good. So it's good to see. Well, and I, I think there's always a question of like you know a company tinkering with things behind the scenes. And I think one of the mm. things that Ubiquiti is doing is somewhat doing it's out in the public a little bit. I think that's very much okay. But because I would mm. look at their camera um, solution, for example, like, you know, 10 years ago, I don't know, 2015, like that was kind of in a weird product line that was like, eh, this, I guess, works. But like today, the Unify camera stuff is really, really good. They've kind of like, they got a ton of different camera options. They've really mm-hmm. expended out their, their NVRs. They've got two, they're stackable. Um, and then when you compare, yep. like, a, there was not, there to me, there was not the ubiquity of cameras until ubiquity really got involved like because there are some really really good ip cameras on the market but they're really really expensive like you you start talking like if you need like 20 cameras or so like these these cloud-based um camera solutions are are again just incredibly you know incredibly expensive and ubiquity kind of came on the market and said like we're going to make ip cameras we're going to Instead of like doing this cloud thing, we're going to let you actually just store this on, um, you know, locally on a, on hard drives. But we're going to make it really, really easy to access offsite. And like again, like I know that like their little Android dongle that you can plug up to a uh, any HDMI device. That's a like fantastic product. Like it's really there's no there's no fees to it. It's just a one time purchase and allows you to display the cameras like on any monitor. And I think again, their tinkering over the years has led to like actually like a really really but robust robust system. It's not for everybody but i think when you look at if you said like hey i need i want cameras that are ip based easy to access from uh on-site off-site from a phone uh, from the from the web without having to do a bunch of vpn stuff um but i don't want to have everything stored in the cloud and pay a bunch of monthly fees like ubiquity is the best option and they can they got like really really cool cameras they, they really you know they have almost like a camera for every situation now yeah they def- definitely i've been using unified protect since 2016 and i've only had one camera go wrong um, I know you were talking. We were talking a minute ago about things lasting, but they're out in the elements. They're getting cold and different things. So they they definitely last a long time. Again, I, I, there's just a lot of like lot to like about Ubiquiti's camera options. Um, they're not like like they're networking. It's not right in every situation, but over the years, it's become more right than it is not right. I think is is a kind of the way I would explain that. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of lot of, lot of options for for IT people, and I, I think that's like the beauty here is Ubiquity doing their thing pushes the bigger vendors too, and, and I um I think that's and again I think there's something that that definitely shifted with Ubiquity recently. I've been seeing just kind of more press from them. They're like you're, I've seen their CEO kind of in more customer facing events. It seems to be kind of scrolling across my LinkedIn feed quite a bit. Um, it's almost like they're, they're gearing up for their second act. And um, just great products, great prices, uh, work well, and you got to love the no fees. Um, so, yeah. Um, Alex, this was – I love chatting about Wi-Fi. Again, I think this is like we're entering, entering into a really cool period with Wi-Fi 6E kind of coming on the market everywhere. It's always – you know, obviously the networking gear comes first, but it really tends to kind of hit home when your devices start seeing it. And so um, – Outside of the MacBook Air, where you know we're now seeing this across Apple's product line, so uh, it should be fun. Uh, we can do some more real world testing. Um, now, uh, you mentioned you do content for Hostify, so that, again, that you're you're working on their blog, you're doing YouTube. Is anywhere else we can find your work? Yeah, so I've got my own personal publication I've been doing for the last nearly well ten, nearly ten, eleven years now. Um, it's called the Interface, um, and there's a lot of that's, that's my own publication, nothing to do with Hostify, but uh, that's that's where you can find me if you're not interested in Hostify stuff. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And again, if you're a Ubiquity uh, customer or uh, looking, you know, to become a Ubiquity customer, Hostify is a great option for your cloud management. Um, I guess certainly if you have multiple sites in and you're wanting to kind of really keep that um, unified. Uh, no pun intended. But uh, again, uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. We'll have links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and we will talk to everybody next time.